Good morning and welcome to Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am going to be recapping yesterday's game, which did not happen. Uh, it did not take place, did not count. It is taking place in the same place that those uh, play-in purgatory games are, are taking place. The Lakers are still tied up 0-0 to the Phoenix Suns. I'm getting a note that that we cannot actually do that. Well, the Lakers didn't play a game yesterday. Phoenix did. Lakers did not. And the Lakers are now down zero to one. Uh, there are quite a few things to take away from that one. One, the rotations probably need to change. Two, Anthony Davis was bad regardless. And three, one and two kind of took your attention away from LeBron not looking that great e- either. <laughs> so, so. Now, with that said, 1, 2, and 3 all being the case, and the Lakers only losing by 9 to uh, Phoenix in Phoenix with that incredible crowd is something that if you're looking for optimism, you can look to. That said, if you're a Suns fan, there's plenty of reason to think you can look better too. So let's go ahead and get to all of that right now. All right, let's start with... The Lakers' choices at center. We saw this last year in the postseason, uh, whether it was against Portland, whether it was against Houston, whether it was against Denver, and then eventually against Miami, that the Lakers kind of sort of stick with their generic regular season approach strategically. They don't do too much to tailor whatever they're doing to whatever opponent they're facing until they have to, and, and then adjust from there. So the Lakers took that same approach here. They started the same starting lineup they have over the last uh, five or six games or so while everybody has been trying to come back and scored 90 points. So the Lakers, so Andre Drummond individually, I thought played fine. I think was all right. Grabbed seven boards, scored, I believe, doubled figures, uh, was not great defensively. I'm sure over the course of the next day or so, as I rewatch, I'll, I'll identify some things that maybe he could have done better. But he wasn't worse, I don't think, than Anthony Davis. And that says something. Uh, now, the thing... And then Montrose Harrell came out there and, and I didn't think was very good either. But but so you, the thing that you're running into here is if Andre Drummond is going to be a net positive, he has to be better than the lesser player he turns Anthony Davis into just by being on the floor with him. He So the, the, the comparison winds up being to JaVale McGee and to Dwight Howard and uh, Damian Jones even. And the difference here is that when JaVale and Dwight were on the court last year, the defense had to account for something that they did at an elite level that impacted games around them. Andre Drummond is an elite rebounder, but you could make the case that that doesn't impact the game around him in ways that you might think. Anthony Davis needs somebody around him or next to him that the defense has to game plan for, and you don't really have to game plan for the way a player rebounds. So JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard out there, the thing you have to, and Jamie, Damian Jones, the thing that you have to account for those guys while they're out there is the vertical ability, the lob over the top, and then the finish at the rim with authority. With neither Montrez Harrell and with neither, uh, with with neither Harrell or 
Andre Drummond, you don't have to worry about those things. That's that's something you don't have to worry about. So a lot of times you see that ball get dropped off to the dunker spot, whether it's Drummond or Gasol, or I guess Gasol too, though he spends more time at the three-point line. But you see the ball get dropped off to uh, Drummond and to Harrell, and you see them kind of hesitate. They have to take a gather dribble, and they have to fully get down into a, as explosive a, a pose as they can so that they can try to finish at the rim. Either that or they have to show, throw some floater up there, right? And and with Dwight and with JaVale, when uh, AD would drive to the basket, he could just lob it up there, and those guys could go up and get it and finish it and punish the defense for not paying as much attention to them as they have to. That is not something that you worry about with Drummond. And that, that that is something that this Lakers offense has really missed, frankly, since they didn't since they let uh, Damian Jones walk. Not saying anything about Damian Jones being some elite player or anything like that. That's just a skill set that the Lakers don't have right now that they miss. All that said, if Anthony Davis doesn't play very well, as he didn't in this one, and that's what we're going to talk about next, it doesn't matter. So obviously, in a game like that, the focus is going to be on blaming people, and and the people who have so far garnered the most blame are Andre Drummond and Montrezl Harrell for not being wings who space the floor and Anthony Davis at the five minutes. But it doesn't matter. Anthony Davis played soft, and it's ironic because it comes a day after he said how little he cares about people calling him soft. Well, on this one, <laughs> he really is, he, he didn't appear to really care that much uh, about being called soft because he played soft. He just that that was a bad game for him. And I've said this now a couple times, but what we've seen from Anthony Davis this year is a tendency to look at his jumper as the primary option when he's in isolation. What kind of move can I make to generate enough space to get a jumper off? Whereas last year, it was the primary action was, and and in years past, basically every year to this point, the primary action was get to the rim. Get to the rim or get to the free throw line. And this year, he's just a different player. And maybe he fell in love too much with his jumper. Maybe he uh, is not quite 100%. Whatever the case might be, he's he's a, a different and, in my opinion, less effective or less impactful player with this approach where the primary outcome that he's looking for here is a mid-range jumper. He's You have to be absolutely elite at that, and this season he hasn't been. At least right now he is not. And so what that also means is the defense can now play him completely differently this year compared to years past where you had to back off because of the threat of him going to the to the basket you had to back off. You couldn't press up on him. And if he wound up taking a mid-range jumper, you considered that a job well done. Well, this year he's looking for that jumper jumper. So more often than not, defense is doing is considering their job a job well done because you just turned Anthony Davis into a less impactful player. And that's before you get to the fact like it doesn't matter who the Lakers have out there with them. So long as he maintains this approach, I think the Lakers are are a little worse of a team. Maybe he is just an elite mid-range jump shooter. Maybe he is the shooter that he was in the bubble. But for the vast majority of his career to this point, he hasn't been that. And and 
right now, he isn't that. Statistically, he is not that right now. And he needs to get back to making the game, like making himself the best version of himself so that he's, he's as impactful as he can be without even taking that jumper, without, without, without forcing the defense's hands. Last thing that we have to get to here, well, we have a couple more things. There's a reason to be optimistic. We'll end on the optimism. But the other thing that we have to mention here is that LeBron, yet again, didn't look nearly as explosive as he has, uh, especially at the beginning of the year pre-injury. He just hasn't looked very good. Maybe the ankle is bugging him. Maybe there isn't enough space down low. Whatever the reason might be, he just doesn't look very good right now, and uh, physically. And, you know, you look at it. LeBron goes 6 of 13 from the field, 3 of 7 from three-point range, 3 of 6 from uh, the free throw line. Those last few free throws were hideous. Absolutely <laughs> aiming them. Excuse me. Uh, he finishes with 18 points. Five turnovers is really high for him. Uh, 10 assists and those seven rebounds. It was not a good LeBron game either. So it's really easy for the rotations and Anthony Davis and how poorly those things went to take your attention away from LeBron. But if you get a combination of Anthony Davis and LeBron playing the way that they did, this is going to be a short series. This thing's going to be over in, in a week. <laughs> so, so we need to see those guys uh, get, their, get their feet back under them. But that said, the fact that they did play that way is a reason for optimism. This game reminded me of the Portland game. Uh, at the beginning of the postseason last year where the Lakers shot really poorly from three-point range. There was a lot going on there, and it's really easy after you lose a playoff game to think, oh, God, the Lakers are never going to win ever again. But let's look at some of these numbers here. So they shoot 26.9% uh, from three-point range, 7 of 26. They shoot 43.4% from the field overall, 33 of 76, and 60.7% from the free-throw line, uh, 17 for 28. So if they make a few more free throws, like half of the ones that they missed, knock down a couple more three-pointers, they are right back in this, and it's a lot more interesting a game if it isn't a win outright. And and that, I think, is something to, to keep an eye on. I don't think Contavious Caldwell-Pope is going to shoot one of seven on wide-open three-pointers again. I don't think Al, uh, Wesley Matthews is going to shoot 0 for 3 from three-point range again. I don't think we're going to get that bad a game from Anthony Davis again. So there's a lot of reasons where if you're a Laker fan and you're looking for confidence, there's plenty of reason to remain confident moving forward. I would also, however, say that Phoenix is probably feeling the same way. Jay Crowder shoots 0 of 7 from three-point range. Mikhail Bridges, 2 of 5. Devin Booker himself shot 3 of 7 from three-point range. It wasn't exactly a perfect game from them either. So... While I think the Lakers can play a lot better, Phoenix can also play better. And and either way, this this is going to hammer home that final point here. It means the Lakers' margin for error is not as big as we thought it was. It definitely isn't as big as it looked at the beginning of the season before everybody started getting hurt. And that means that they have to play their best players. At some point, they're going to have to ditch the promises. If if Devin uh, or Dennis Schroeder... Uh, was was promised a starting job, and he continues to play poorly, the Lakers are going to have to go back on that promise if it means a chance at winning a title. If if Andre Drummond was promised a starter's minutes and, and, and a certain role to come over to the Lakers, and, and the Lakers continue to play poorly with him on the court, 
that means he's going to have to sit. The Lakers are going to have to go back on, on that promise. And it's not the best business, but it's the best decisions that they can make to win championships. And if, if players are upset at you going back on promises uh, for the sake of winning a championship, they aren't championship players, flat out. If that means you lose Dennis Schroeder, he wants more. He wants $100 million. You see him play out there today? It was awful. <laughs> if he wants $100 million and he's going to play like that, then cool, cool. Go play. Go make $100 million somewhere else. That's great. Alex Caruso is a better point guard anyway. If Andre Drummond is upset because that, he's not starting as, as he and Anthony Davis bump into each other for the 30 or so minutes or for the 20 minutes that Andre Drummond is out there, then cool. Go bump into some other elite center somewhere else. Fine. Awesome. And I think eventually that's where the Lakers are going to wind up. Sooner, I think, than they thought they were going to. I think they thought that that was going to be something that was thrust upon them later in the postseason. But I think what we're realizing right now is that that's actually going to be the case this series. Maybe even next game. And if not next game, if they lose the next game, then definitely game three. And it's going to be really interesting to watch how quickly those promises go are, are, are gone back against uh, because of necessity. All right, that's going to do it. Have a great rest of your day. Make sure you guys check out the longer form reaction to this on the Can You Dig It pro, uh, podcast with uh, Christian Rivas and Jacob Rude. Check out uh, Harrison and Christian's work, gathering all the quotes and reacting to it on the site as well. And until tomorrow, I am Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.